You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learned. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Bella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's he ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson, I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you and your family are safe, and that you're practicing uh, the things that will help stop the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, as as soon as we can uh, to get this thing under control, to make sure the healthcare systems um, in whatever country you are in is not overrun um, by the number of cases that are popping up. Um, I can say that here in the United States, uh, just last week, after I recorded the show, I bought a plane ticket to Chicago to go to this Saints event that was supposed to happen around the Watford game. That is now off. Uh, things have changed dramatically since then. Um, we were just encouraging kids to kind of keep calm and wash their hands and all that stuff. And now we're not even in school anymore. I'm sitting here um, in a school without students. Um, there was a weekend without football. There was football without fans. And, and none of those things are normal. None of those things um, I think are, are, are good. I mean, it, it seems pointless almost to have um, all of the teachers here at school when there are no students uh, to have football without the fans. And it, it's not pointless to have, a weekend without football, but it definitely means we're missing something that so many of us look for, especially in times like this where we just want to kind of forget about some of the things that are going on. And yet we are stuck here, um, unable to do that. So, um, this week we do have an episode. We were due to talk about the Norwich match that obviously didn't happen. I'm joined by Dave champ, uh, who joins me. He's on Instagram at away from home saint. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, the, the Premier League's response to this and, and the club's response to this. We'll talk a little bit about the financial situation and things like that. But really, uh, maybe you're tired of hearing of it already, but um, the, the coronavirus does kind of take center stage. It, it's something that, that the, the announcement to suspend play came out rather late in the week. Um, and it means that that's what we're kind of thinking about. So if you're tired of listening to that, uh, you've heard enough of that, um, feel free to kind of skip over this week, um, find something else to do with, with your time. Um, and we'll be back next week with hopefully something talking about something other than just the coronavirus, but it is kind of what's on our, our minds right now. And, um, I can say that, that here now it, it is raining, it is cold. There is not a lot to do. I would love to be uh, sitting inside watching replays of all the matches from this weekend. But like we said, there are none. And, and I, I will say that the, once again, the most important thing is that people are, are safe, that, um, you and your loved ones, um, whether you are, you know, susceptible to the, to the disease or not to the, the coronavirus or not, whether you are strong enough to fight it off or not, there are others around you who aren't. So please take the proper precautions, make sure that uh, you are doing your best to help limit the spread of this and, and slow the speed of the spread 
down. I know all of our countries are taking slightly different approaches. Um, I'm not here to criticize or, or anything else, but I will say, um, do what you can. That's all you can really do. And, um, once again, if you have any extra toilet paper, we might be able to get, you know, uh, another center back for it if you just hold on to it for a little bit longer. So please consider, um, you know, that as you, as you go to the store. I think that's, I think that's it for now. We'll jump into the episode. Uh, I will say one thing. We do talk about some books uh, that have come out because what are you going to do when you're sitting inside uh, for so long? Um, I like books and there are plenty of books about saints. Last week's guest, Michael Kern is going to write a book. It's almost done. It's not out yet. Uh, Michael, if you're listening, release it now. Um, if you're not listening, then release it now because you're not listening. So it doesn't matter. But, um, anyway, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. There are some links to the show notes. If you're are in the show notes, I should say to some of those episodes that we've aired in the past, uh, with the authors of those books. If so, if you're looking to fill some time, uh, and you want to go back and check those out, maybe you're new to the show. Those are there. Also, I'll try to put some links to, to some of the books on Amazon and stuff like that. If I can find them um, in time, I will do that. Um, but anyway, that's enough of me. I hope you are well. Uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. And once again, as always, thanks for listening and uh, stay safe. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Dave Champ. You can find him on Instagram at Away From Home Saint. And um, kind of different times, desperate times, maybe desperate measures may be taken. Uh, I hope you're all stocked up on uh, toilet paper and bottled water and I don't know, whatever else you need to get through the next couple of weeks of no football. And, and I don't know what else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, funny enough, the toilet paper issue really wasn't too bad for us because uh, we ran out just at the right time, I think. So I stopped up before I realized that people were going crazy over it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I don't mean to make light of the, the situation entirely, but I think people are maybe, I don't know, overreacting a little bit, but I guess you do need that. Maybe it's a bartering system. Um, maybe if, if Southampton had a bunch, they could trade a couple for a couple of points on the board, keep, make us safe. I, I think I'd be all right with that. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, how many rolls of paper they would get for some of the players, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably not, not enough. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe it'd be too many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, uh, definitely, definitely different. We were, we were due to talk about, uh, the Norwich match. And, and last week when I talked to Michael Kern on the show, um, kind of directly after recording, I booked a ticket to go to Chicago to, uh, the event that was supposed to be happening, uh, around the Watford game. And, and then, uh, since then, uh, things have gotten a bit more serious, uh, all the way from, uh, and the NBA and MLB and, and MLS and NHL all kind of postponing and canceling matches and things like that to, uh, I think the event now is officially off. So if you were planning on going, uh, try, try to do that, I got to figure out how to get a refund for my, uh, plane ticket if I can. Um, but of course all of that is kind of marginal because the, the truth is that people are, are sick and, and I guess the, the main thing is to keep everybody safe and, um, that includes the, the players and the fans and, and the people that work uh, kind of behind the scenes and everything else. And I guess that's, that's the main thing we need to make, make sure that happens. So I, I, I think, and we'll, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but I think that, I, I mean, I guess did the, did the Premier League do the right thing by calling this off and, and, and putting everything on hold? I think they did. I mean, I would have preferred if they had stayed with the behind closed doors games. I think that would have saved them um, a little bit of time, but when you get managers and players getting sick, then obviously um, we need to completely 
pull things back and just put a halt on the games until we know that, um, you know, they're all well and everything. And I think it was the right thing to do. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a bit, uh, I don't know. It all kind of happened so fast, but I think, uh, even when I wrote in the newsletter, um, on Thursday night before I went to bed, it looked like things were going that way. And like with Mikel Arteta and, and Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, at that point testing positive for the virus, it seemed like the right thing to do because then you think of all the people that they've come into contact with, uh, both press related and, and team wise and, and the, the, the kind of the idea that that could spread from there and how, how quickly it could spread through the locker rooms and stuff, um, and onto those people's families and things like that. I mean, most of the guys and even some of the managers are, are, are of the age and you would think physical kind of, um, I don't know, shape that they would be okay, but you start extending that out to family members and things like that. And that's what I think of with, with my job as a teacher is I come into contact with, um, you know, at least 155 students a day. Um, yeah, obviously with, uh, I do a lot of stuff digitally, but collecting papers, picking up pens and, you know, just, just talking to students every day that all that stuff's there. And, and I think I'll be fine, but my, my father is, is older and, and has, uh, lung ailments and things like that. So he's kind of on the, on the radar of things that, that could be really bad for him. So I'm worried about that. Um, you know, and just my wife works in a restaurant, so she's around people all day. So like the, the, the likelihood that, you know, all of us could be exposed to it without trying to create alarm, uh, is it, I, I, from my perspective, I guess I'm just thinking about it that way. So, um, I guess now that those managers and players have it, it's best to probably call it off, even though you know, I'm, I'm about to get two or three weeks off of work and, and now I'm going to sit here and not watch football, which I was, uh, no, it's a little, it's a, I'm a little bit shocked because it's, this is uh right. this is new territory for me. Right. Yeah. I think it's new territory for everybody. Uh, you really have to think about, um, how are you going to get things done? What are you going to, where are you going to go and who are you going to come in contact with? Um, it becomes very, very clear. I mean, I'm about to do some shopping tonight, but I'm not going to go in the store. I'm just going to pick the groceries up from a curbside delivery. So I won't go into the store, so I won't expose or be exposed to anybody. Um, we just have to, you know, rethink how we do things, I, I guess, for a few weeks. Hopefully, hopefully only for a few weeks. I mean, who knows? It may last for another couple of months. I, I, I saw something that was saying that um, the coronavirus is expected to peak in Great Britain mid-May, early June. And, you know, that's, um, you know, a few weeks off even. So, you know, it's still going to go on for a little while. Uh, hopefully by the summertime, though, with the, with the nicer weather and everything, um, it'll go away just as fast as it, you know, happened. But I think it's going to take a few more weeks before we're in the clear. Yeah, and I, and I think the idea here is just slow down the spread of it. Um, hopefully kind of prevent it from moving forward. But, I mean, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm, I'm just... Every time anybody asks me a question, I go directly to the, you know, the, the CDC website um, and, or the World Health Organization website. And it's basically, you know, wash your hands, uh, don't shake hands, don't be, you know, keep, keep distance between one another. Luckily, we're on, we're on Skype. We don't, we're not actually uh, sitting in the same room and, and you know, uh, don't touch your face. <laughs> Just, I mean, it seems kind of like normal stuff, but that's one of my bad habits is I constantly put my hand up, uh, rest my hand on my chin or my chin on my hand. So you got to stop doing right. that, I guess. But, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a weird situation. And, and I know my kids are, you know, we're going to be sitting here 
figuring out, you know, how school is going to go on for them. Their school is talking about doing online stuff and, and things like that. Yeah. So uh, how that's going to look. And, and of course, you know, making plans to kind of avoid public places like you are um, in terms of not going to the grocery store and things like that. Um, you know, I forgot something at the grocery store today and normally I would just go back and get it and I'm just going to, you know, we'll be fine. I'll just, we'll, we'll get it in, in a couple of days when we need to make another run. Uh, but cool. until then, uh, lots of, lots of food that'll be okay on the shelf. Um, lots of ingredients to cook with, not necessarily things that are going to go bad right away, but, uh, I think we'll be all right in, in the end. Right. I'm a, I'm in a bit of a tricky situation with my work because every time I go to work, I am probably in contact for, with about 150 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm picking up things, looking at things that people have already touched. Um, you know, um, there's always that worry. Um, although, you know, at the moment, nobody has said that the place is going to close down for a few weeks. I don't believe we get anything um, delivered from any areas of the world that are um, fairly tricky right now. Um, but we've been told to take precautions. Um, I wash my hands after every time I've touched something. Uh, when I come back from doing my rounds, going around looking at everything. So, yeah, we, we just have to be really, really careful. I get sick of hearing about the coronavirus because every time I drive to work on the radio, the DJ is always talking about it. Uh-huh. But I think we've got to remember that, you know, it's a very serious situation right now. And, you know, they're trying to make people not panic. Um, you know, yeah, the stores are running out of certain things, eggs, milk, uh, toilet paper. But I think that's only a temporary thing because people are tending to go in there and saying, like, I'll take this much of this and this much of this. And then they're just going overboard a little bit. Yeah. They, like we're going to be stuck in our houses for a month at a time. You know, who knows? Yeah. Well, for I, me, for me, it's been a big change because just like I said, just last week, I was kind of uh, making jokes about it and, um, you know, just thinking it, it, it's going to be okay. And then it, it kind of turned to our government, um, our state government, um, you know, banned everything down to, to 200 and anything greater than 250 people um, supposed to be uh, off offline. So everything from I was, I, we had a funeral to go to. That's not happening. I had a work conference to go to. That's not happening. Um, then the school district canceled all, um, non-essential activities. So they canceled all sporting events and, and practices and clubs and, uh, all that stuff. And then, and then late Friday, they decided to go ahead and say that, uh, we'll go to school Monday, Tuesday. And then after that on, from Wednesday on, we're, we're off until the end of the month. Um, we will not come back any sooner than the rest of the month. They didn't give us a day when we'll be back. And, and my students are kind of, I like everybody else just trying to figure out what they're going to do. And it's like, look, stay home, uh, you know, read your books fire up Netflix, YouTube, whatever you're getting. Like, this is a dream for you. You can stay home and, and you know, you're not supposed to touch anybody. So, so don't come out of your room. And, (laughs) and, you know, as most teenagers are probably for that. Um, (laughs) we'll, we'll see how, how long it lasts, you know, good for the introverts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if I see one more joke about people saying I was, I was self quarantining before it was cool. I think I've had about enough of that. Um, but that's all right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends. I mean, if you're a, a social animal and you want to go out and, you know, sort of party all the time and now you, you can't, you know, and tough yeah. life, you know, just deal with it. You know, you, you, you're still going to live. It's better to, to live through this than uh, to go out and be stupid and, you know, come back with the virus. Um, well, well, I guess, you know, the, the, with this game being put on hold and, and us not coming back until uh, at least April 3rd or 4th, uh, I don't think that I mean, off the top of my head, I, I can't imagine the, the league will resume by then. 
uh, from some of the other things that I that I've heard. Um, I, I but I don't. I obviously I don't have any uh, any, any real clue. But uh, the, the club was was pretty quick in getting the information out that anybody that had tickets and stuff they would be valid for the the rescheduled date. Um, if you bought kind of match day uh, travel that kind of stuff that it would be uh, eligible to be kind of transferred over and or refunded and then used again um uh, once that happens and then also if you bought any non non-official club travel they were actually going to be able to uh kind of help you get a reimbursement and stuff like that so if anybody has that is looking for that uh there is information on the club website i'll try to put a link to it uh in the show notes in case you have questions of course it doesn't affect you or i because we're in the states at this point um, and, uh, but yeah, so anybody who's, who's dealing with that, um, I hope that that works out. It says it could take up to 30 days, uh, for, for all that stuff to process, but hopefully they get your money back, uh, soon and you're able to use it for a match once, once, once the season does get going again, if it gets going again. Um, but I, I guess the, my next question is, you know, there was a Saturday without football. What did you do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I kept looking to see what the score was, and uh, then I suddenly remembered that, you know, what's the point? There, there isn't going to be any scores. Um, just things around the house, really. Like this morning, I uh, restrung one of my guitars. <laughs> I just like find things to do. I've got plenty of things to keep me myself going, you know, save for the fact that, you know, it was just like an off-season day, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, did you see that the Saints actually played? Well, I, I don't know because you're you're only on Instagram, so you maybe you missed it. But uh, Saints tried to engage Norwich City in a game of of Twitter um, tic tac toe. Um, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> which I think that you call it in in the UK knots and crosses. I think is what I saw. Oh, okay. Is that right? Um, yeah. So, so I mean, we we tried, and uh, the the, lead, the 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 team did a pretty good job of they they put it out there and they kind of. It was sitting there and they made their first move and they were waiting and then Norwich didn't respond. And oh, so no. it, they, they waited about 45 minutes. They started at, at the normal kickoff time. They waited till about 45 minutes and they said, all right, it's halftime. And only one <laughs> team is really trying to play, which I thought was great. Um, and then Man City decided, hey, like, we'll, we'll step in. So they subbed Norwich out. They put Man City in uh, and we played, uh, defended brilliantly, valiantly, I should say. And, and by the end of it, we, we, we wound up with a draw. So um you know, wasn't so bad. Um, I, I did see though, a, a number of other clubs do things around the uh, the world. Uh, I think Watford had a, uh, uh, a football manager stream that they did. That they put up, uh, you could watch the game via football manager. Uh, I think somebody wound up with a red card there. And then Guido Carrillo's uh, city, like an S they decided to play a FIFA stream, uh, where he actually scored. So good for him. We actually finally got oh, wow. him on the board, something he never did for us. So, uh, you know, there you go. So, um, maybe but Adam should get involved. Yeah, seriously. We, maybe we should do that. That'd be that'd be yeah, great. Um, I don't cool. have. I I have the the last time we had a World Cup. I think is when I when I have the game. So I, I I'm not going to play at that. But but if anybody yeah. wants to get on that, I'm sure people are desperate for for content at this point. That's funny. You know, uh, talking about Norwich, uh, I don't really know an awful lot about Norwich. Um, the only thing I can remember from when I was back in England is um, there is a TV chef called Delia Smith, who has a uh, interest in Norwich City. And I'm not sure whether she's on the board, um, but she has something to do with them. And she was quite uh, quite the celebrity chef back in the day, a few years now, um, probably about 20 years ago. So I'm, I'm wondering whether she still has a connection with Norwich, but uh, she's an interesting person. She was always a big fan of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of her. So Yeah, Delia Smith. 
Okay. I, I've got a feeling that she still is involved with them. A bit like Alton John on a lower level, you know. Yeah. Uh, Celebrity yeah. chef. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's been uh, he's been there a long time with them. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got his own stand over there. I think. Right. Yeah, he pumped a lot of money into that club. Yeah, it's the interesting thing about him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I still hate them for the handball incident, but that's that's okay. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate the uh, uh, Troy Dini. Sometimes is always good for a soundbite, but uh, when I want him on the team, probably not. Um, yeah, you know, one thing that did happen that was interesting over the last few weeks is. Uh, the club being put up for sale. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, reportedly, That's right? That's interesting, huh? <laughs> that kind of rolls into the the financial results of the club being released. Uh, it says St. Mary's Football Limited Group Incorporating Southampton Football Club Limited has today published its audited annual results for the year ending the 30th of June, 2019. So, I mean, we're, we're a, this is this is late, um, but I guess maybe it takes time for all that stuff to roll out. And right. it, it reported a loss of uh, $34 million after taxes. And that's, that's a change from last year where we had a profit of, uh, of 29 million pounds. Um, I mean, what, what, I mean, does that mean anything to you? Is is that a big shock or, uh, and I, I guess I should say the assets decreased as well, uh, from 126.7 million pounds, uh, to 92.6 million pounds. So quite a loss there in terms of assets. But, um, what, what does that, what does that mean to you? Is it, is it a big deal or is it time to worry or is it just, um, you know, we could have seen this coming a mile away, maybe. I, I don't think there's any reason to worry. Um, to start with, he bought the club for 200 million. He's asking 250 million for it. So he's looking to make a profit of 20 million when you take into account the loss. So he's not that worried. The only thing he's worried about is if somebody's going to buy the club from him and be prepared to pay that amount of money. Um, the reason we made a loss. Um, well, you could say we made uh, a few bad signings um, that didn't really make us any money. Um, we had slightly less TV time than we did the year before. Um, we reduced the amount of players on contract. I think the contract length was reduced by about five months on a lot of the players. Um, so really, yeah, there's no cause for alarm there, I don't think considering that uh, Mr. Gow didn't want to put any money into the club anyway. Uh, he was just purely trying to make that little bit of a profit, I guess. <laughs> if you can call £20 million a little bit of a profit. Um, you know, whether he's going to get that or not remains to be seen. I see there's a few um, potential buyers. Um, I, I thought I saw Red Bull as, being, uh, as a company wanting to buy the club. Which I thought was kind of interesting. That is, that's been kind of thrown around, and there's been links. And you look at the the loan. I mean, you look at where Ralph came from. You look at the loan that uh, we we have with Josh Sims going over to the New York Red Bulls, and and all that stuff. But I I, I haven't seen anything that that to me says it's that's what it should be. And I think that would that that may divide the fan divide the fan base a little bit in terms of uh, would they be happy with that? And you look at how Red Bull is looked at and in Germany and in, in other places. And, and would they, would they be, would the fan base be happy with that? And then, you know, but there are plenty of fan bases around football who, you know, will look the other way as, as, you know, uh, maybe dirty money or whatever it is, is pumped into your club. And, um, you know, as long as you're winning, then everything's okay. But I, I don't know, like, um, it, when you t- take into account the amount of money he paid for the club and then maybe what he's hoping to get out of it and what he's done with the club, the club isn't in a better spot. I wouldn't say, um, yeah. than it was maybe 
maybe you take into account that we do have Ralph Hasenhutl and that's something, but managers tend to come and go pretty easily. Uh, I wouldn't say the squad is all that much stronger. I wouldn't say, um, you know, the, the fan base is all that much happier or, or anything else. And, you know, you post a loss now for this year, and it probably means looking at, at how things are going now, maybe, maybe there's another loss this season and, and, you know, who, who knows what that's going to look like in terms of, um, of him being able to do it. But it's, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced that he's he's uh, he's going to get that money, even if he if, whether he has or hasn't put it up for sale. Um, and and really, it, it just seems like this has been a miss from him. He didn't. He didn't. I, I'm not sure he's he's happy with his investment. Right. He really hasn't stuck around long enough. You you think he would uh, give it at least five years? A lot of businesses want to have a five year plan, and if it doesn't work out, you know, maybe on year four they'll sell it on year five. But uh, I'd like to see somebody like Richard Branson buy the club. That would be awesome. Someone with the Virgin brand behind them. Yeah, he's got. A, he's certainly got enough money to to enable to do that. Whether he'd want to or not is another matter. But uh, maybe he'd be interested. Maybe they should reach out to people like him. Yeah, we. You consider. You know, we've had the partnership with them for some time. They they were the main shirt sponsor for a long time. Now they're the sleeve sponsor, and they. Uh, I believe they're. Um, you know they're they're sponsoring uh, the lower levels and maybe even the women's team I think but I could be wrong about that so don't don't quote me there but um, I don't know it, it, it I think somebody like that's going to look at the club and go like maybe it's maybe there's enough wealth around uh, or maybe they have enough wealth to be able to invest it in the club and it not be a, such a big hit but really I think I want an owner that's going to be uh, invested in the club and wanting to make it better I want this to be kind of the thing um, yeah. rather than maybe it's just somebody who has a lot of money but I don't have. I don't have anybody else to, to offer up in terms of, uh, of this. And, uh, I know, I think I, I'd say a lot of people are just anybody, but Gao at this point is, would be great. Right. I'm not trying to be racist here, but I, I was a little shocked, um, that they wanted to put all these Chinese words on the, on the, on the shirts, because you obviously the majority of people living in Britain can't read Chinese or Mandarin or whatever it was on the actual shirts. So, you know, it's a little bit, you know, of a contentious issue as to how much foreign uh, wording you put on a shirt as to how much benefit you're going to get out of it, really. Um, you know, I would like to see, um, you know, obviously a shirt sponsor that you can actually read this on the shirt. I'm wondering whether that was part of the issue of the late arrival of the actual shirts at the beginning of the season as well. I've never known a season like it where the shirts weren't available on day one of the actual games being played. I, I thought that was kind of weird. And they put it down to some sort of issue, but they never said what the issue was as far as I could understand. Yeah, well, I think maybe part of the issue was the fact that the, the company didn't exist until, <laughs> after, <laughs> you, know, you know, the website wasn't even up. So the, how could they get the yeah. shirts up? But who, who knows, yeah. really, in... in uh, I can say that this is the first season I haven't actually purchased one of the shirts. Um, so I guess, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't have that thing. Um, I just have the Virgin media symbol on my chest and all the kids make fun of me at school and that's fine. Um, it is what it is. They're high school kids. We'll, we'll give it to them. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, it's kind of a, one of those things where we're losing money. The club's up for sale. We're kind of in this weird space now where obviously the games are postponed and we don't know, we don't know really what's going to happen and whether we come back and play, uh, matches or we whether we finish the season or call it off now but um, I think there are a lot of I, I think there's actually gonna be a meeting later this week um, maybe it will already have happened by the time you're listening to this but 
uh, hasn't happened at the time of recording. And I mean, the the ramifications going forward, I mean, Southampton's obviously, maybe they lose a little money like all the Premier League clubs do, but uh, you look at the teams further down the table and, and down the leagues, I should say, and, and you know, they depend on that match day revenue coming in. And now they, if they don't have that, uh, they're, they're forced to be put on hold. They, I mean, you could see, look at clubs going, uh, having to, to file bankruptcy or, or, or go, go shut, shut the doors or whatever. But um, I mean, I, it, it's kind of worrying if, in terms of football as a whole, you know? Yes. I mean, I can see, um, you know, certain clubs uh, being very hard pressed for money. Um, whether the government can step in and help out there, whether they should or not, I'm not sure. I, I'd like to see some sort of compensation um, to maybe help. Uh, I'm not sure whether they have insurance for that sort of thing. Um, you'd like to think that obviously some of the bigger clubs probably do. Um, the smaller clubs probably couldn't afford to take out that insurance, I would have thought. Um, because it potentially would be a pretty big payday for them, you know, with something like this happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see some sort of help for them, um, because they're really, at the end of the day, they are the grassroots clubs, and, um, you know, coming up from there, they produce the uh, players and, uh, you know, the future teams. But, uh, yeah, it's very sad and very worrying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be difficult because you, you, you think about, I mean, you think about they're projecting, you know, this many match day receipts, this many match day, you know, this much in merchandise, this, all this stuff is, is, is kind of reliant on them having people come into the park and, and even the bigger clubs in, in the premier league, you would have people, you know, they, they are projecting, right. These are all projections that they're, they're working off of when they make transfers and things like that. They are you know, planning that they're going to have money coming in and that's always dangerous, but that's just how kind of life works. Like, you know, you buy a house, you don't necessarily have the money there right then and there to pay for the entire house. You have to pay it off and, and you're, you're projecting that you you know, your job's going to stay steady or you're going to have income coming in. And sometimes things happen. Um, you know, if, if, if they don't, if it, if it stops, if they just say, okay, the season's done, then you have to think about, um, you know, players contracts and things like that. Uh, I mean, if they say that the season's going to pick up and we're going to play through the summer, then, you know, players contracts, things like that, everything all of a sudden is, is, is different. And, um, I heard an interesting kind of argument the other day that, you know, we have the, the world cup coming up in Qatar, that's going to be a winter world cup. So maybe you play this, this season out whenever we can, and you get it done by in, in, in time so that the euros can take place, um, in line with the, with AFCON. And then you come back and play another another season, and then you wind up you run in you run it into the, uh, the the World Cup in Qatar. But I, when I when I hear that, um, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is the the players' contracts and things like that, and when they run out, and uh, all those sponsorship deals and things, and when those things run out, now you're all of a sudden you're running those into to kind of different seasons and things like that, and and that's going to be a, a big mess. But um, I guess I just to say it again, like that's such a small part of this considering that this is a global kind of pandemic that we're dealing with, but, uh, and around the football club that, that is kind of what's going to, I think be the biggest kind of hindrance is, 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 is how do we pay the players? Um, how do we make sure how we, not even the players, but how do we, how do we make sure that they are, um, you know, their contracts are honored and, and how do those things work out? And, well, I guess what insurance clauses do we have on them? If, if, if we don't, uh, have to have to do that, if we, whether or not we do it all. Right. Yeah, it's a very complicated situation. I mean, we could say, okay, let's finish the season now with the standings that are around now. Um, 
but then you then you're going to have you know certain teams saying well we were on the brink of a recovery and if we'd have played then we wouldn't have been relegated um i don't think we can say that um anybody else other than liverpool would win the league now um which is you know which is right and proper because they are way ahead I don't like the idea that if we do close the season now that we make it null and void, I think it definitely should be um, honoured the standings that they're at right now because I think the standings pretty much now are a reflection of how the whole season has gone for a lot of the teams. Um, You know, for Karen Brady to come out and say that we should completely void the season and, you know, nobody should win the league and nobody should be relegated then that's, you know, that's not really valid, I don't think. I think, um, you know, if we're going to stop the season right now and then start afresh again in August, that's absolutely where everybody should be. That's where the standings should be. They're just going to have to accept it. Um, And I think absolutely Liverpool should be crowned the champions because they are so far ahead of all the other teams. There's no way that the other teams would have caught them up and, and beaten them anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I have heard that we just we call it off, and as much as I would enjoy that, just because Liverpool wouldn't win the league, um, maybe that's not appropriate uh, for for a number yeah. of reasons. And I think there, you would wind up having uh, some issues with with stopping it now because you would say that I'm sure there's some instance where some team has has not gotten to host maybe the the, the relegation rivals or whatever around, at their place. You know, they haven't gotten to play them yet. They've only played them away. Um, things like that, maybe right. that makes a difference. I don't even think, um, you know, I think some teams have, have played more games than others. It looks like Aston Villa still, you know, they have that because they played in the league cup final. Uh, they're, they're, they're a match behind. Uh, they could potentially jump to 28 points if, with, with, uh, if, if you, if they get to play again, which would push them out of the relegation zone. Um, right. just, just things like that, that I, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if, if people would, you know, they might not be willing to to accept that. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know which uh, team Karen Brady supports, if any. But um, West Ham. Well, let's see. Well, let's. Uh, how about we just then get let Aston Villa play and see if. We, well, actually, they're going to be safe anyway. They're not going to get knocked down. It would be. It would be Bournemouth and Watford. Watford would go down if if Aston Villa were to win. Right. Um. So dang it, I would love for that to. That's why she's saying it though. She doesn't want. She doesn't want West Ham to go down. Um, right, right. <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, she used to be on the board of Birmingham, Birmingham City, and now she's on the board of West Ham. She's a very knowledgeable lady, and I'm not putting her down or anything. I, I just think that um, you know, I think there's a better way to finish the season. I would like to see um, everybody screened before the game. I'd like to see the game behind closed doors, but I'd also like to see it televised. That way, uh, the club wouldn't lose the revenue from not being televised. They would get that revenue. Um, everybody would get to see the game. The players would be safe because they've been screened. And I'm not talking about a one-time screening. I'm talking about the players, every player, everybody involved in that game directly to be screened every time they play. That way there's no doubt as to whether everybody's safe while they're playing the game. Yeah. And, you know, when you eliminate the crowd from the scenario, then you've got, you know, in the potential for a Southampton game, there's potentially 32,000 people at that ground plus everybody else. So, you know, there are quite a few people and there's quite a big chance to get in contact with a lot of people there yeah. that might potentially have, um, you know, 
and you can't screen 32,000 people before they go into a ground. Obviously, it would take a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if they played the, uh, the games behind closed doors, screened everybody before the game each time they play, then I think they'd be perfectly safe. Um, but then you have the issue, I guess, if some of the players are sick with the virus, um, they're not available to play, obviously. Um, you know, how's that going to affect the particular squads? I think you've got to look at it that, you know, certain people are going to get sick throughout the year anyway while playing in the squad. So maybe that's fair. Maybe it's fair to do it that way. Yeah. Just say, well, people get sick anyway, you know, so, you know, sorry about your luck, but you're going to have to do it with the best squad that you can provide that aren't sick, you know? Yeah. Um, at the earliest, we are looking at a at an early April return. Um, for some reason, I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Uh, I think it's going yeah. to wind up being longer than that. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll know more as things go on, and the situation is changing uh, almost almost hourly, daily. So by the time people yeah. hear this, this could be completely blown, and we may have answers. But um, I would say, that, you know, potentially, if you're looking for a for a silver lining. Um, I think there's a couple here for, for saints in terms of uh, having a break. And I know that we had a, you know, a potential break coming up anyway, but maybe this gives Nathan Redmond time to get healed or healthy. Um, and then, you know, I was looking at, you know, recent, recent form isn't all that great. So maybe, you know, uh, one win in the last five, maybe that makes it uh, just, just pause and reset and uh, maybe give us a chance to, to regroup a little bit before we head into, if we get to go, go back to the season, just, allow us to, to clear our heads and, and head back into it um, kind of kind of fresh, I guess. Right. I've just heard that um, all restaurants and bars from tomorrow? Wow. All restaurants and bars in Ohio are now closed until further notice. Oh, wow. So th- and yes. this, is, uh, this is happening 4.50 p.m. your time, um, e- Eastern yes. time on Sunday, Sunday evening. So uh, I haven't heard anything like that around here, but we'll, we'll see, yeah. we'll see as it goes. Um, yeah, yeah. but, um, I, I mean, I just hope if really we should say this and if we haven't said it enough, like I just hope everybody's safe and, and kind of taking caution without yeah. panicking, like yes, it doesn't exactly. need to be a, a huge panic session. And, and, uh, I, you know, hopefully we can talk about something other than, other than this, this damn virus at some point in the near future. Um, but it's definitely on my mind. Um, on my mind now, but, uh, getting back to, to Redmond, I mean, he's been out for a while. We don't know exactly how much he'll be, he'll be, how much longer he'll be out, but maybe, uh, you look at the fact that Geneva is suspended. Um, it's going to be Buffal and Armstrong when we do get to come back and, and playing in the number 10 positions. And, and maybe, maybe this gives us a chance to, to get him healthy. Cause I think, I think we, we are missing him the last couple of weeks, even with Buffal and, and Gineppo and, and Armstrong able to play, I think uh, we we're missing kind of some of that impact that Buffal can bring off the bench if Redmond starts. Um, but, but I don't know. I mean, is that a silver lining for you or am I, am I just trying to find something positive too, too much, like too much. So maybe well, Nathan is really a very big part of the team. He's, he's a powerhouse. He, he definitely gets everybody uh, up and going and uh, yeah, he is a very important part of that team. Um, as we, as we find it right now, um, yeah, he definitely, I'm, I'm looking forward to him coming back. Um, he just creates that extra speed on the wing and, uh, he, yeah, he's an excellent player. Excellent player. Um, 
just trying to think, taking a look at, at us, how we fared with him not in the squad recently. Um, you know, it's only been, is it four matches that he's been out? Three losses, one win. Uh, that right. one was over Aston Villa. Uh, if you go back to uh, earlier in the season, he missed out on a couple of matches and we had one win and one draw. Uh, but recently, three losses, uh, just one win. Not, not the best. So uh, we'll have yeah. to... We'll have to wait and, and see kind of how it all how it all goes out, but maybe hopefully he'll be able to to come back in. Uh, if you look at just before that, the five match or four matches before that, lost to Liverpool, win over Crystal Palace, lost to Wolves three two, uh, win over Leicester, win over Spurs right before that makes it five, but um, slightly better return with him with him there. So uh, you know, I, I I definitely think we are missing him. The team seems to be sputtering a little bit, um, and we'll just have to kind of kind of wait and and see, but. Um, I don't know, man. Like it, it, there, there isn't a whole lot else going on at the, at the moment, unfortunately. Um, no, I remember a couple of weeks ago, the Shay Adams assist was uh, quite encouraging. I heard a commentator say, well, yeah, at least he's assisted. You. There was an excellent assist that he got there. And, uh, you know, hopefully soon he'll be on the end of an assist and score himself. So, mm-hmm. I know people are going on about him, but, uh, I think really we're going to see an awful lot more from him pretty soon, hopefully. Yeah. He's going to be going along the lines of uh, maybe uh, Yannick uh, Vestergaard. I, I saw that he was uh, potentially up for sale and uh, saw a couple of funny memes with him involved in it. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what they were. Somebody before or after coronavirus or so, when he had the long hair, the long scraggly <laughs> hair. <laughs> and they were saying that, you know, he looked a little rough. Oh, it was him and Virgil van Dyke. They had Virgil van Dyke. And then they had him right next door to him um, with the long hair and everything, looking a little disheveled. Yeah. I said, before you've been told you've had coronavirus and after. <laughs> I thought that was a little unfair, but uh, it was kind of funny. Yeah. He's no Virgil van Dyke, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, I remember when I, came, when I went over in 2017, Virgil van Dyke was injured, and it was right about the time where they were looking to sell him and they couldn't work out why he wasn't getting paid and, uh, played and everything. Uh-huh. And they were just getting him ready to sell to Liverpool, obviously. No yeah. one knew. Right, that last game of the season, he turned up and his wife turned up and uh, he was allegedly injured. And, uh, you know, it was really just a rude to uh, just to sell him, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember standing in my kitchen seeing the, the, you know, that the sale had gone through. And we all knew it was coming, but it still wasn't great. Right. Um, it hurt. It's okay. long and drawn out. It took a while. Yeah. Like a couple of months they were going through it. You know, are they going to sell him? Aren't they going to sell him? Is he injured? Isn't he injured? You know, why isn't he getting played? And it was just because they were keeping him fresh and, you know, making sure they were going to get that 75 million pounds out of him. Yeah. Should have charged more. Um, <laughs> that's okay. <It> might... <laughs> yeah. Well, we got a couple of decent players off of it. So we'll see. Ben. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it, how it all plays out now. Um, do you have yeah. a question? We have one question. Not a lot of questions this week. Uh, you know, everybody's out, you know, doing other things. And it's, I mean, honestly, as I was getting ready to, to record and, and do this, it I, kind of not lacking a little bit of motivation, but it's like, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to do? Is it, uh, there's not a lot of news coming out. There's not a lot of, of, of things to report. And I'm not, I don't want to be one of these people who is, is, is making stuff up or, or trying to, you know, force things, uh, just so we have something to talk about. Cause I don't think that's, that's appropriate, but at the same time, you know, this is, we, 
we have this thing where we ha- I haven't not done an episode in 166 weeks. I, I don't really want to start not doing them now. Um, but uh, anyway, we, we, we do have a question here that comes from um, Kevin McGee, one of the patrons, and he says, if you were stuck on a desert island, uh, self-quarantining, um, what one Saints match would you want to, to have on DVD? And he says a couple of other things um, here. Uh, he says uh, he, think he'd cho- he thinks he'd choose he says he thinks he'd choose between the fastest hat trick, uh, the Aston Villa game, or maybe the three-two Liverpool comeback, uh, the the game against Liverpool where we had a three-two comeback, uh, possibly the two-one uh, Inter Milan game. So, I mean, for you, if you were going to go you one DVD from the past, you could watch one game over and over and over on your desert island, um, you know, for the next two weeks at least. Uh, what what would you go with, maybe? I'd like to go with the um, home game a few years ago with Manchester United, where in the first half they wore this strange kit. I think I believe it was an all-gray kit. It was a weird kit where uh-huh. um, allegedly they couldn't pick out their own players because of the color of the kit, uh-huh. and we ended up beating them because of it. They changed their kit in the second half, which was extraordinary, to a different color. Yeah, but we still ended up beating them. Yeah, it didn't help enough. The goals before the uh, before the halftime. Yeah, so, I, 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 that I think that's a good that's a good shout. I was thinking, uh, you know, I I I remember the three two comeback against Liverpool. Uh, I remember where I was when I saw that, and it was right around this time of year as well, um, because I was in a hotel room, and uh, I I would like to I would rewatch that uh, any day. Um, you think about, yeah, I, mean, I think the one of the easier ones is probably the the eight nil. Um, just because it's a lot of goals, but maybe maybe it wasn't as uh, as great as it could have been. Um, I, I think the FA Cup final in 1976 would be a good one to watch as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm I missed to think. that one. I actually to... missed that game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of games that may, maybe were a little bit like the, or pretty end to end and and things like that. But my my like my vocab my not my vocabulary my uh my my time to go back only goes back so many years. So it's um I don't know. I'd be interested to see what other people think. I think. If I was going to choose, I'd probably have to go with, probably have to go with that three-two Liverpool comeback win, just because I remember parts of that game that I I really enjoyed watching, um, because the football was good, all all the way around, and and the the kind of heart the team had at that point to be able to come back from two-nil down against Liverpool, uh, I think made me happy, and um, I think Mane scored in that game, and I just remember like thinking this, there's no way this is going to happen, and then it did, right. so uh, I'll, I'll take that. Um, but yeah, whatever people are, are thinking about there, uh, you know, I can think of, um, you know, may, maybe you think about the last game of the Dell, even though, um, Letizia scores there, maybe you could just get the highlights of all Letizia goals. Maybe, I'd, maybe you do that yeah. instead, um, instead of a full match, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what people would do there, but, uh, that, that sounds, that sounds good to me. And I've been, you know, with all of the content we have, uh, through ESPN and everything else, I was really hoping there'd be some soccer somewhere in the world, but, um, you go to ESPN and there's, there's nothing there. It's they're they're yeah. scrambling. Everybody's scrambling. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not what we want to, that's not what we want, unfortunately. Yeah. It's funny enough when you say Matt Letizia, I was going to say, uh, watching any game where Matt Letizia, you know, let leash some of his spectacular goals. Cause man, that guy really did score some spectacular stuff. He did. He did. A bit like Pierre Holberg, but, uh, you know, just with, with the accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. He can actually hit the target, you know? 
yeah, yeah. Just don't blast it and miss it, you know. So I think it's, a, but, it's an important part of uh, shooting is that you can <laughs> hit <the top. laughs> yeah, yeah hit, hit what you're aiming at, you know. Um, like, geez, taking a well, huge gun but not hitting the target, you know, you might have the huge gun but you've got to hit the target as well. Yeah, it doesn't 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 mean anything if you can't do that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. All right. Well. I mean, Dave, what else, what else is there? Do you have anything else you'd like to discuss or are we, we kind of done? I don't want to want to drag, drag on if we don't have to. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm really looking forward to maybe being able to go back and actually look at some older matches over the next couple of weeks and, and do this. But I'm also, um, I can say that I kind of asked you what you did on your, on your day. I, uh, you know, with no, no football, I went and bought, um, I went and bought a novel, uh, <laughs> just because what else, what else are we going to do? And, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're a big reader or not. Um, but I went and bought the, the brothers Karamazov. I don't know if you know, uh, that novel, uh, by, uh, Dostoevsky. It's, it's about four brothers. Um, it's about a thousand pages long. So if that doesn't hold me over, um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, what, but it's, um, according to all my literature friends, this is supposed to be the book. Um, and if Michael Kern, who was on last week, if he could get his book out faster, that would be great. But, uh, there are plenty of other saints books that are out there that are floating around that people could potentially, uh, pick up during this time. And maybe, uh, I'll, I'll put links to those in the show notes, the ones, the, 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 the episodes, the authors that have been on things like that. We'll put some links down there just in case you're, you're looking for something you could fill, you could fill your time with saints and, and maybe get some reading in and it'll keep you out of trouble over the next I've couple of weeks. I've got a couple of good books. Um, one book that I, I want to get hold of is um, the biography on Bobby Moore. That's a very, very interesting book, I've been told. Okay. I did see a documentary on Bobby Moore um, a few months ago, and he was a very interesting guy. He wasn't very well recognized for all the things that he actually did for football in the country. Another book that I like to read um, is by a guy called Steve Salas. Um, it's called Educating Football. Okay. And um, Steve was very kind, actually. I bought the book off of him. He was very kind to sign it for me as well. And I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, it's a really cool book. It, it, um, it's for teachers and coaches and parents. Basically, um, how he develops a solution mindset to get everybody on board. And, uh, and it's good. He, and Steve actually teaches a lot of uh, professional teams as well. And the England squad as well, I believe. It's a very good book. Steve Dallas, yeah, he's, uh, he's a good guy. And uh, I like the way he thinks about things. But that, I'll probably be reading that at some point and um, you know, gleaming some ideas from that. Yeah, uh, I was just taking a look through some of the Saints books that I have that I was sent by various people. And uh, one of them is, is called Taking Latiss, um, Matt Latissier's autobiography. Uh, oh. I, think, I think that one's made the rounds. I think quite a few people have, have had a shot at that. Um, Another one that was uh, is guys actually been on the show Richard Walters. Uh, it's called Being a Saint. Um, that's another uh, a book written by a Southampton fan. Um, more recent, if people are interested. Uh, once again, I'll put that link in there. Um, this one, Dell Diamond, Ted Bates' first sixty seasons uh, with the Saints. That's there. Um, that's a good book. It's a bigger book. Um, and then. Uh, not everybody's favorite writer, but uh, Alex Crook and Alex Smith have uh, Southampton's uh, the fifty greatest games. Um, that's 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 there as well. That's by Pitch Publishing. 
And uh, I'll be honest, I haven't read through that one yet, but that's probably on the list for the for the break. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, so I think that that I mean that'll that'll keep me busy. I don't I don't know how people feel about reading, uh, but uh, it's a way for me to not not hurt somebody if I'm sitting here stuck in the house. Uh, right. And it make I, I tend to feel a little better. The book I'm reading right now, I need to finish because it's gotten super weird, and now I'm just trying to get it over with so I can say I I finished it, but. Um, it's, it, it, it's crossed a couple a few too many lines for me to be fully into it, um, at, at this moment in time, but, um, yeah, there, there you go. I guess the biggest thing I think I, I'd like people to know is that let's not panic people. Let's, uh, you know, see this, see this outbreak for what it really is and, and let's help people. Let's think about people that are in trickier situations than what we might be in, like the elderly, the people that are actually, you know, um, unable to, to, to get out to do stuff. Um, let's see if we can help some people, you know, through this. And, uh, you know, let's not be selfish and uh, buy masses of certain things when we don't really need to, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think we're, we're going to get through this, and I think it's going to take a few weeks, but I don't think there's any need to overdo the panic and the, the buying of stuff. Yeah, Let's sure. think of other people as well. Let's help other people out. And yeah. we'll all get through this together. Yeah, I think if everybody just kind of stays calm and and does the the little things and and does the stays away from other other people and and things like yeah. that, we can we can put a stop to this sooner rather than later. Uh, and then you don't need two years worth of uh, toilet paper to uh, survive. Yeah, really. Now <laughs> we're not. You know, you can you know, wipe your butt with other things as well if needs be. You know, yeah. You don't need to you know panic about these things because I think it's unnecessary and. Uh, we shouldn't be selfish about things. We should, you know, help other people as well. Yeah. Let's uh, think of other people. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a good rule for, for this crisis or any, anywhere else. Just think about other people and not just, not just yourself, but it, you know, it, we'll, we'll see how it all kind of pans out uh, yeah. from here. But uh, the, the only, the last book I'd like to mention is, is Mark Sanderson uh, wrote the Bobby Stokes book, uh, the man from Portsmouth who oh. scored Southampton's most famous goal. It's uh he's also yeah. been on the show uh, in, in recent times and, and Mark's a great guy. And, and so if you, if you're looking for something, I think, uh, for a long time that can be found in bookstores near you. Uh, I don't know if it's still there. Um, but Amazon's got it and then you don't have to touch anybody. They'll just drop it off. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, but Dave, this has been, this has been great. And once again, if people want to follow you on Instagram, they can do that. You're at away from home saint. Uh, hopefully we'll be back to talking about football and, uh, soon, but, uh, until then, I just want to say thanks, and then we'll, we'll do this again at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, um, stay safe and uh, virus-free. Yeah, you too, man. Good, good luck with your groceries. Yeah, thanks. And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Dave Champ. You can find him on Instagram at awayfromhomesaint. Uh, the link is in the show notes if you'd like to follow along. Uh, longtime Southampton resident, now living in Ohio. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to Dave. But uh, I'd just like to say once again, thank you to everybody for listening to the show. I hope that it uh, brought some some levity to your day. I hope that it got you through uh, a little bit of the time that you would normally hopefully be able to watch Saints or do something like that. Um, if it sounded a little bit different, it's because I'm recording in an empty classroom, not in my home uh, where I normally record because let's face it, what else am I going to do in an empty classroom when we're not allowed to teach because we, it doesn't matter. So that's what that's what it is. But uh, if you want to follow the show on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, 
We're at SFC, D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery. Uh, the easiest way to get all of that is to head over to the show website, southamptondelivery.com. There, you can find links to subscribe to the show or the newsletter, whatever you want. Uh, we're all there, and it's uh, nice and easy to do that. Um, the show would not be possible without our partner, the Southampton Page. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram. They're at Southampton Page on Twitter and at Southampton Page 1 on Instagram. And the logo for the show is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton Page on Instagram. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Amos True by Pottington Bear. We'll be back next week. And if you have any topics you would like us to discuss or questions you would like us to address, uh, make sure to let us know. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, via email at southhamptondelivery at gmail.com. Whatever is easiest for you is great for me. uh, And we would love to have you be kind of a part of the show in that way. So anyway, that does it for now. We will find a way to get through this. And as I say each and every week, uh, remember that together we march on. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.